Hi there, this is Amanda Robertson here with Dennis Silvers for the Vegas Sand Trap. This is part one with our special guest, known as the voice of golf, Peter Kessler. We have prepared a fantastic show that features a fantastic guest, known as the voice of golf, Mr. Peter Kessler, who tons of people still remember Peter when he was on the Golf Channel with hosting Golf Talk Live and doing so many other things. And this is going to be part one in a series with Peter. And uh, Peter, Amanda, and I really want to welcome uh, you onto the show, and uh, we're hoping this is going to be the first of many. Well, I'm delighted to be with you and Amanda. It's a pleasure to have you join Dennis, and I'm looking forward to our chat. Yeah, thanks. Let me kick uh, Let me kick it off by asking you this, Peter. You have been up close and personal with so many greats of the game. How do today's players compare in both their abilities and in their style of play to those back in the day? Well, I mean, the game has changed so much, really, since the 2000 U.S. Open, the Tiger won at Pebble Beach when... He was really the only guy in the field who had a golf ball that was different than everybody else's. It was really the forerunner of the Pro V1, and it was a ball that went much farther and reacted much better and had much less curvature on it. And even prior to that, he was hitting, you know, driver from 97 through, well, all the way through 2001. He was the best driver, actually, on the tour, despite what people think about him hitting it crooked for a period of time. But that came later. And so what what happened was the, the nature of the game changed completely because when the ball started to go farther and the ball started to curve less and, re, and reacted better around and on the greens... Tiger had the very early advantage, but he would have won that golf tournament by a zillion shots anyway. He won by 15 in right. 2000, and I, I I followed him for 67 of the 72 holes, and it was thrilling because every ball just basically went down the middle of the fairway, and then he hit the ball to about 10 feet, and he either made the putt or he missed the putt, and he went to the next hole. It, it didn't feature a lot of histrionics like a lot of his later major championships did, and he was one of those once-in-a-lifetime players, like Bobby Jones was, like Ben Hogan, like Jack Nicklaus. And, you know, after Jack's reign and then Tom Watson's reign, really, from 77 to 84, you had sort of a 12-year period where you didn't have one player sort of dominating the proceedings. You had Greg Norman and Curtis Strange and Tom Kite and Nick Faldo and Nicky Price. You had a lot of guys who were really taking turns being the best player in the game. And really from 90, from 87, when Nick Faldo won his first of six major championships, until the time that Tiger won the Masters in 97, Nick Faldo was the best player mm-hmm. in the game. But he did it He did it with a rather short ball. I mean, he was he's six feet four, and he was really fit. But he didn't hit the ball very far, even by pro standards at that time. And he won on golf courses where you needed to put the ball into play and hit beautiful iron shots into greens. And that changed with Tiger Woods initially in terms of his length and his prowess right through holding out. And then everybody else joined in, of course, and started to use what became the modern equipment. Mm-hmm. But once Tiger Tiger left the scene, two things became very clear. One was that Tiger 
would win, and he would win frequently. And winning is the hardest thing to do on tour. But the second hardest thing to do on tour is to be a consistent player, to be there all of the yeah, time. Definitely. You know, in Jones's day, he won 13 of the last 21 majors in which he played. And Nicholas, if you just look at, say, the 1970s and the 40 major championships he played, he won eight, which is 20%. He came in second 20% of the time with eight wins. So he was consistent. You could always count on him being there. You could count on Greg Norman being there, but you could count on Greg Norman falling apart when the moment started to get too much for him. And so now you have a situation where the only guy who is close to, I'd say, a consistent player at this point would be Jordan Spieth. And the thing about Jordan that makes him unremarkable is he's doing it without a game that overpowers the golf course. Right. Jones, when, he, when, when Jones was playing, when he chose to be, he was the longest player. Hogan was extremely long. Nicholas was extremely long. Faldo was extremely accurate. Right. Tiger was extremely long. And so... All of those guys except Faldo could overpower a golf course, but Faldo didn't need to because they were playing at 6,850 yards mm-hmm. on average. Right. And, of course, right. Right. now they're in the low 7,000. So Spieth's unremarkable in that sense in that there's not one part of his game that oh, that overpowers a golf course. He's, he's a streaky putter as right. opposed to a brilliant putter. Right. Inside right. of 5 feet and 7 feet, he's an iffy putter. He didn't putt well in the Tour Championship, but his ball striking has gotten better. You know, he still hits at 300 yards, but there's guys hitting at 50 yards yeah, by I know. him. Right. I know. And, he, and he's become a better iron player in yeah. the last year or so. So what you have is a situation where you're going to have guys taking turns at the top, and in my experience, having one player be dominant is more exciting than a revolving cast of characters. I was just, yeah. just going to say that. I, I had a feeling you were leading up to that. And I kind of agree with you uh, on that. But on the other hand, Peter, I think a lot of people say, well, it's nice to see a mix of people winning and, you know, look at various uh, forms of game and all that stuff. But uh, I, I kind of agree with you. Let me follow up. On the on that question as well with this, how have the fans, Peter? How have the fans changed, if at all, to when Arnold and Gary and Jack were playing compared today? You know, with Dustin Jordan and Jason Day. Uh, and for those of you who may not know who we're talking about, of course, it's Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth, and Jason Day. How have the fans changed, to Peter? Well, and it, it, it depends on how we define that. If we talk about people showing up at golf tournaments and following players, there's one answer. And if we talk about the kind of coverage that players get, we're we're talking about something else, and they're they're both worth exploring. I'll give you an example. In the early 1970s, I lived in San Diego. I was a college student, and I was a member at La Costa. And in those days, they used to play the Tournament of Champions there every year. And it was very simple. If if you won, you got to play. So there would be 30 guys or so in the field over the course of uh, the number of winners over the previous 12 months. In 1972, I could, on a Tuesday, walk with Jack Nicklaus, right down the middle of the fairway. I I had nothing to do with professional golf. I 
where I was literally a college student, and there'd be three or four of us who would walk with with him and his caddy, Angelo Argia, yeah. during a practice round, no ropes. You walked right up the middle of the fairway with wow. him. You could, you could collect his balls when he chipped. You could roll them back to him. Really? You could talk to wow. him about anything that you wanted to. He would let you have a chipping contest with him. And so there was nobody there. There was no spectators at the tournament, and I mean nobody. If you and your best friend were there you would, and you split up, you would run into each other 15 <laughs> times in two hours. That's, that's how few people were there. And if you wanted, to watch, you wanted to watch somebody on the tee, you could go right up to the edge of the rope with no problem, no running, no jostling for position, and watch them play. And so it was a completely different deal back then. I, I'll give you a, a fast story. I, w- I went to the range. This was probably 72 or 73. And in those days, the players' caddies used to catch balls with baseball gloves. And the players would each have a shag bag filled with their make of ball. Mm-hmm. And so there'd be 30 caddies standing out in the field. And every time you waved to your caddy, it meant go back 10 yards. And I was sitting behind Jack Nicholas, six feet away, eight feet away, with three or four other guys, nobody else there. And Jack was hitting seven irons, 150. And one of the guys that I was sitting next to that I didn't know said loud enough for Jack to hear, well, I hit my seven iron, 150. And Jack waved Angelo back, so now he's 160. He waved him back until he got to 190, still hitting the seven iron. Oh, and my goodness. Then, then he turned around and he looked at the fellow who had made the comment and said he said i can hit the ball as far as i want to with each club it's just that i choose to hit my seven iron 150 yards so the intimacy the intimacy factor was was quite incredible that that continued for for almost two decades i i lived in london in 1980 and i went up to the british open at muirfield and i went up on a saturday and sunday and i followed tom rotson around on both days and watched him shoot a 64 on the saturday at muirfield there was about a one club wind and he spent the whole day hitting five irons underneath the wind and then holding actually kind of longish putts 20 and 30 Mm -hmm. footers rather than 10 and 20 footers and he shot a 64, and every time that I would see him after that, once I broke into the business, I would mention that I was there, and he would say two things, which was, one, oh, you were one of the six people at the tournament, and the other <laughs> thing he would say would be that Ioki shot 63, and he was more impressed with that, and I said, but you won the golf tournament the next day. Ioki didn't win the golf tournament the next day, so, you know, p- large crowds at yeah. golf tournaments didn't really start until Tiger Woods became Tiger Woods in early 1997. So from that point of view, the golfers, you know, if you you were a member of the media and you went into the media area because there was no media centers Mm -hmm. in those days, they didn't Mm -hmm. need them. There weren't that many reporters. There were a dozen guys and they'd sit around a couple of tables and I snuck in once and hung out and Arnold would sit there and smoke cigarettes and and sit on a bench and talk to the press and they would just gather around him. But it was a handful of guys and it was guys who were, you know, famous like Dan Jenkins would be sitting there just just to go ahead and pick a name or Herbert Warren Wind who was the was the great writer who's no longer with us. So they they you had complete access if you wanted it. 
nobody was all over them there was no social media there was there was you know so there was no tweeting there wasn't this constant barrage it was a much more leisurely yeah. kind of a situation right. and so the golfers didn't have to worry about the crowds. The golfers didn't have to worry about the media. They didn't have to worry about microscopic attention. And so it's completely changed in that sense, except I've noticed lately that the crowds have thinned out since Tiger hasn't been mm-hmm. playing golf. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't very crowded at, at East Lake and if you go to an LPGA event, there's, you know, there's very few people there. If you watched Bernhard Longer win at Pebble, Pebble Beach, Beach for his yeah. victory of the year at right. 60 years old. There, there was nobody there. If you go to a golf tournament in the New York metropolitan area, nobody shows up unless it's a U.S. Open, and then it's kind right. of a zoo. Well, let me, but, let, you know, I remember... No, I, I was going to say, I was, I was just going to say, I was going to ask Amanda, because she's out on tour. Do you agree with Peter and well, what he's saying with that? I mean, def- I do. definitely, I agree. And, you know, I mean, women and men all together are very different. Like the women's tour, I was just at the Evian Championship in, right. in Evian Laban, and, you know, there weren't hardly as many for it being the last major of the season, and it was fairly decent weather. I know it got a lot of rain, but, I mean, you would just expect there to be a bigger pull and a bigger crowd into today's world with golf whether it is female or male and it's not going well you need a something to break this spell some aiming oil could do the trick but no one's inside and we need Having a corporate or charity golf event? Backswing Golf Events can supply your tournament with personable, professional golfers to entertain and fundraise on the golf course. They can accommodate any size group, whether it be three players to 500. They are your team. From range lessons, beat the pro, and pro-am style roaming, they're making lasting memories one swing at a time. So make sure to check out BackswingGolfEvents.com or call us direct at 661-316-3093 and book your pros now. 